This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 17th of January 2023 at home in Wicklow. And it is largely a discussion of the idea of motifs. And I springboard from the world of classical music and classical music composition to the world of film scores and film composers and talk about the tendency to return to or to recall or to repeat certain motifs, certain phrases, certain musical patterns, the attraction to certain sounds, certain instruments. And I go from there into um, trying to apply that into the the wellness paradigm, the self-understanding paradigm and wonder about motifs of self, motifs of one's own personality, motifs of one's own life, one's own journey. So I have a good look at that, explore that, and it does lead me to kind of reflect on my own um, my own sort of ethos, uh, my own personal credo, and how certain motifs have come and come again and come again over my life. And the, I just draw connections between a couple of different things there. And I do then move from there to the sort of subcategory of light motifs and talk about them, which is uh, an area that, yeah, can be quite funny and entertaining and one we're all very familiar with when I start giving examples from the world of movies. And I finish with a short movie review of a great Italian movie I just watched last night so or the night before the podcast I should say Uh, no the night before recording is what I should say okay that's it that's what you've got to look forward to motifs light motifs and an Italian movie review in English by me an Irishman all right I'll see you around the corner cheers not gonna change my mind Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. My microphone is sitting on a, on a new desk and the, the acoustics feel a bit different. I mean, I'm still in the same room that I normally record in, but uh, just as I hear myself here, I'm like, oh, 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 that is un peu différent. Anyway, regardless, I will push on. It's amazing how these things can distract you, though, isn't it? Distraction. Distraction. Is that a theme I'm going to look at today? I don't know if I'm not distracted. (laughs) Um, Anyway, listen, you're very welcome. You're very welcome to another episode of The Clear Out. Welcome to The Tell. No show, just tell. And very briefly, if this is your first time to set ears on the clear out it is an ongoing an ongoing and very rigorous and sometimes tangential exploration of of wellness of resilience of living now and coping with our stuff and sometimes it involves personal testimony sometimes themes come from the world of 
politics, social issues, sometimes from movies, sometimes from martial arts, um, philosophy, psychology, and it's all just sort of mixed in, mixed in into the melange of of whatever of whatever this exploration is an existential quest and all all and always um an attempt at keeping things real an attempt at owning vulnerability and uncertainty and asking questions of myself and the collective of ourselves perhaps if something chimes with you um because i just think there can be an over simplification of what wellness might look like and over generally i think we're inclined to oversimplify we're in, we're drawn to the reductive particularly as we consume more and more uh more and more life and more and more snapshots of the lives of others via the curated platforms of social media which ultimately while diverting while occasionally interesting while occasionally curious educational maybe stirring provocative um attractive um seductive there's there's something consistently sort of inauthentic about the performed and of course that's that well that's a very profound artistic question but um yeah so the 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 clear out is a sort of a a little hiding place (laughs) it's it's a hiding place to come to if you want to get a bit deep if you want to get stuck in the weeds and not just swipe past a lovely image of i don't know of what of a perfect body of a shiny car of an amazing plate of smashed avocado of a beautiful coffee of the latest holiday destination the latest beautiful sky or what i'm guilty of the latest beautiful sea the sea shot i swam i swam yesterday morning it's been it's been a very 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 poor month for swimming so far yesterday morning was only my fourth sea swim uh, in january now it's been bloody cold so that's you know but i i try to not let that deter me but i've turned away from the sea three or four times already just because the conditions were so bad so if we add in those three or four suddenly it's seven or eight swims out of what's the date today is it the 16th of january so like that that return every other day in what is often the coldest month of the year that that, that would have been that would have been fine i would have been quite happy with that so i've got a tiny bit of a, t- a tiny bit of swimming what anxiety regret just that little niggle that says you should have been in the water more and as i always say i never regret getting in the water and um you know that would that would that that would recall something i was talking about last week that theme of nourishment and nourishing and what nourishes you or me or one and i I was thinking about it today because i was thinking well what you know what are the what are the parts of ourselves 
what are the parts of ourselves that need nourishing because often you can pop out an idea like that as I did last week and keep it in the sort of in the general or keep it in the in the abstract and talk prettily about it um, but then not look at strategy not look at breaking it down and I was trying to think about that today and kind of go well what parts of yourself need nourishing so I was thinking well you know of course the body needs nourishment uh, and maybe I did touch on that last week you know man cannot live on cola bottles alone or cola cubes um, or milk teeth um, man and by man I mean humanity which involves woe man also and trans man or trans one woman you know all, all all the potential all the potential iterations of human identity we need nourishment we you know we need to put good things into this into this machine um and just 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 as i mentioned that i mean it's worth it's worth pointing out how gut health gut health is more and more stressed and you know more and more emphasized um all the time gut health the gut is your 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 second brain according to some experts and what we put into our body and you know it it, it ends up in the gut and the gut is like "Mm, i don't know about this and the gut will make decisions and send little communications all over all over the system you're the system that is your body if if you're doing things that aren't really that great uh, my wife was informing me she heard someone talking about this the other day on on the radio and um apparently <laughs> unfortunately the word fermented comes up a lot when we're talking about uh, gut health and i don't know about you but the second i hear the word fermented i get a little a little shudder of apprehend apprehension a little a little sort of squeeze of my shoulders a little rise of my my hackles as i think oh no thanks and i think of those stinky um is it natto Na- natto beans are they those fermented soybeans that are popular in, in japanese cuisine listen lads um well done but not for me no thank you no thank you uh, spices apparently can tick a very healthy gut box as well so i'm not too well on that front um yes so anyway the body needs nourishment of course and then the mind does the mind need nourishing what are you putting into your mind what's stimulating your mind what sort of things are you consuming mentally intellectually educationally um, and maybe even from a, an entertainment point of view because i suppose the mind is is where we're processing consuming understanding a lot of media a lot of popular media our music our movies our books and of course that connects to our emotional selves as well so are you nourished emotionally what does that look like i don't know what um what's what's feeding the emotional beast what do you crave what emotions do you feel are neglected or unexpressed and what can you do to help that 
what emotions need more managing what emotions need paying attention to i mean that's all that's all form of nourishment and that would push me into another area that i think needs nourishing which is the caring animal your caring animal and and particularly the animal that, that cares for itself that part of you that is minding yourself that needs nourishing um your social animal needs nourishing and your independent animal needs nourishing um have I missed anything? Have I missed anything? I mean, the mind, nourishing the mind would also veer into spirituality, maybe a connective tissue there with your soul, if um, if that's something that speaks to you. Um, I was speaking about it in recent episodes. And, oh, for God's sake, do you mind? Can you please turn off your phone? We're working here. Oh my God, you're so rude. My apologies. That is a phone that belongs to someone in this room. And that someone is me. There you go. Phone off. Sorry about that, lads. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I, I, was just, I was just trying to kind of break down. Well, where would you target your nourishment? And yes. That, that, that might become, that might become... A little theme that I return to, nourishment. It might become a a motif, if you will. And a mo- motif, that's something I was thinking about uh, just before I came in because uh, my wife is in the other room. She's preparing some um, music classes and looking at various pieces of music and a lot of instrumental music and a lot of piano music and a lot of contemporary uh, piano music. I felt I was listening to film composers. Uh, she was rolling through some tracks, and as I was listening, it did make me think of um, this 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 thing that happens, of course, with classical uh, well, with classical composers, but with with film composers, composers of movie scores, um, where they have they have their kind of favoured motifs that they come back to and that might, I might be misusing that word in, in a strictly musical sense but you hear certain the work of certain film composers um, you know film score composers I should say uh, I'm thinking of people like uh, the great John Williams for example who apparently has has retired I think he did did he do the score for Spielberg's last movie am i wrong am i right did he do the score for the fable mans which i haven't seen yet but i very much want to um but john williams of course did the music for so many spielberg movies and um et comes to mind jaws comes to mind uh raiders of the lost ark comes to mind um but john williams also did the themes to superman and star wars um it's pretty pretty extraordinary stuff actually um well you know and, and i think i commented on this last year in the middle of last year we went to see a a concert of star wars music at the national concert hall in dublin and it was only when listening to that music that you that i found myself going whoa i mean you know the famous themes and and the famous motifs 
but to hear an orchestra playing through everything and being becoming aware that so many sections of the orchestra were involved for different pieces, different songs, different compositions, um, really brought the the sort of the musicality home and the kind of the depth of Williams's gift. Um, Williams's Williams Williams gift. William Williams gift. He's a he has a prodigious gift. Mr. Williams, um, that those 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 names that end in S, they're tricky. They're tricky when you want to stick on the possessive S as well. Wells, Wells's work, the work of Wells, the work of Williams. Um, but in any case, as I was saying, thinking of people like John Williams, and you'd hear certain certain sort of inclinations come again and again and again in his music. Very kind of major, bright crescendo filled um, compositions to my mind um very sort of you know full of kind of uplift and positivity and um sort of energizing emotion uh, and very lovely very lovely to listen to and then maybe you might think of someone like is it I've just gone blank on his first name. Is it Andre Desplat, who who's done a lot of soundtracks? Um, he did the soundtrack for Terence Malick's Tree of Life. Um, he also did the soundtrack to the movie Birth with Nicole Kidman. Um, Danny Houston was in that as well, wasn't he? I'm just trying to remember who the director of that movie was. Wasn't that the same director who did Sexy Beast and that very unsettling disturbing kind of alien landing in scotland movie with a great performance by scarlett johansson as a kind of body shifting or body possessing alien uh, who's up to all sorts of strangeness and weirdness and naughtiness uh, I, I always got blank on the name of that film but very um yeah what's the name of that director oh bloody hell how annoying anyway andre the splat he has his own themes that he recurs to his own motifs um and i was thinking also then of uh the the composer who did the music for tom ford's a single man uh who has just done the soundtrack the score to todd fields another s another s surname bloody hell todd <laughs> the film that Todd Fields just directed, Tar, with Kate Blanchett, which I am really, really keen to see. And I heard Kate Blanchett being interviewed, and she's just such a formidable actress, isn't she? God, she's great. I think she's brilliant. And um, anyway, it was the, the, the it was, I was listening to a radio station on the Irish airwaves. I was listening to Lyric FM. Great stuff, lads. Keep it up. All all the favourites, all the classics. Anyway, there was a show on that looking at film music and they played a bit of the score from Tar, which was composed by, I think it's his first name, Abel uh, Korakowski. Is that his name? I think it's Kowakowski. And again, the second I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, single man. I could hear the same you know choosing being attracted to the same instruments being attracted to the same themes being attracted to the same sounds even though they're put into a new composition and 
that's lovely. I, you know, it's lovely because I mean, you know, we we go back to the music we love. We go back to the composers we love. We go back to the bands we love, the singers we love, and we like to hear. We, you know, I think part of our enjoyment is the repetition. Part of our enjoyment is the return, the recall. Um, like certainly, I'd have a, an enormous sort of nostalgic kind of soft spot for many many Prince albums because I listened to them intently in um, in my teens uh, right through to yeah, particularly from sort of my mid teens to my early 20s um, just couldn't get enough of Prince and so many of those albums would just <laughs> light up parts of my brain and my, my emotional cortex as well Um so, you know, it's not an accident that we were drawn back to these things. And then if you're the creator of that music, it makes me, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of, um, it makes me think of the, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. It makes me think of the, 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 the frustrated Beethoven-esque composer in Sesame Street from years ago. Um, who could never? He he either try and do the, the 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 two songs I remember him getting enormously frustrated with at his piano until he was headbutting the keys or headbutting the piano, banging his head off it in, in in an agony of exasperation and frustration. He'd either try to do the alphabet, <laughs> or he would do uh, row 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 your boat gently down the stream and whatever he was trying to achieve I could never remember I can't remember was he trying to complete it um, faithfully and would forget the words I think that was I think that was I think that was the recurring theme and I just I found it enormously funny but it um, it occurs to me now that all composers uh, I'm, I feel like I've seen this presented in um, in, in in the movies or, or elsewhere, but I think when comp- <laughs> the idea that composers um, are are our songwriters or whoever they you know when they find themselves trying to create new material and then realize that they're just writing the same thing they've written you know. Uh, continuously for the last 10 15 20 30 years and it just must be an explosive moment of of sort of you know existential um torture where going can i just not escape myself um and then you know it it, it, it invites a lot of other things doesn't it because it you've got pressure like fans the consumers of your work want more of the same. Many, many fans want more of the same. Um, and so there's that kind of pressure um, to, to, to repeat and to, to reimagine um, and kind of spin on the same thing again and again and again. And of course, you've seen over the years when artists try to reinvent themselves and often it's, it's met with indignation disgust rage from the previously you know the formerly um loyal fan base um i mean maybe bob dylan switching to electric uh 
is one of the great instances of that in in the history of popular music um people were just appalled because he betrayed those folk traditions um but sure you know people have to evolve as well don't they i mean let let, let people shift and move um i mean poor old phil collins <laughs> I'm sure the last thing Phil Collins is is poor but poor old Phil Collins seemed to reach a point in the in the 90s after I felt he had a lot of great great songs through the 80s uh, both as a member of Genesis and then in his in his solo work but then the 90s came and something really I don't know what I don't know what the shift was um, but every song just seemed absolutely shite to me and they're all kind of trading on very similar kind of sentiment and 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 just musically not that interesting at all um and he just lost something he lost a bit of his a bit of his kind of a bit of his pep a bit of his spice a bit of his fun um and i really was just like oh god you're killing me here phil no more no more um yeah anyway so i don't know the mo the idea the idea then of motifs it just got it just got me thinking it got me thinking um what you know if you if like you know we're, we're keeping you know i kept all of everything i've just said has been located in the world of music and the world of musical composition and the this idea of an individual and of course it can happen in the collective as well um, when you think of you know bands that have gone for years and years and years um and they'll keep producing a similar sound of course because of the personnel involved similar songs because of the personnel involved um and like it's interesting to look at that and kind of go like when did the songs stop having their magic um because i'd say if you go if you look at a band like the rolling stones for example who through the 70s just seems to come out with one banging album after another um and then it, it kind of ground to a halt somewhere around the early 80s and they just never seemed to quite be able to scale those heights again and it makes you think if the Beatles hadn't broken up or if you know John Lennon hadn't been shot and if they were like the Stones you know were, were still tipping along all these years later um, would we just be talking about everything up until um, everything up until let it be um and would we be scathing of everything that followed? Or you know, or you know, if if we think of when Let It Be came out, would we have had like ten more years of even greater heights, um, up until you know nineteen eighty or the late seventies? I mean, that would have been like that's a that's a phenomenal thing to contemplate. Um, but as you know, as we saw in, if you watched it, as we saw in Peter Jackson's. Uh, documentary series last year looking at the the creation of the writing of um let it be uh you could see that the 
the, the four individuals involved. They were all, and maybe Ringo Starr to the, to, the, to the least extent, but certainly George, John, Paul, there was, you know, there was tension there. There was something pulling them away from each other as much as they had this, you know, particularly John and Paul, this extraordinary thing going on. But it seems clear looking at that, that they, you know, as, as young men, having had this extraordinary stage of their lives with the enormous success of, of the band, but suddenly they were in their whatever late 20s and like a lot of young men at that age just starting to really find their own um, kind of autonomy their own independence their own you know individual path that was taking them away from the 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 safety of the group or you know or in that case maybe the the stagnation of the group um but uh, yeah, anyway, I've, I've I veered away. But I mean, I mean, you know, you could stay with the Beatles for a second and go. Well, what, what were the what were the motifs that were in in their songs, and what were the motifs in their their solo careers? You know, what distinguished each one from the other? Um, you know, John's sort of politics and social conscience, Paul's musicality, and his his you know ultra kind of pop sensibility um and i'm not saying that as a a derogatory phrase you know george's sort of eastern um eastern sort of orientalism or hippie um leanings and and ringo was kind of this (laughs) poor old ringo ringo was just this goofball who um seemed to always just want to uh I don't know, have fun, have a good time, just chill out, not take it all so seriously, lads. Uh, but anyway, grand. Anyway, the point, the point that I was trying to get to was if we take that idea of a motif and I'm going to, and by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to wheel back uh, in a little while to a little brother of, of the motif, the light motif and uh, I'll explain that to you if you don't know what it is I mean those educated listeners you'll know what it is people who enjoy a bit of Wagner an old musical you'll know what a a light motif is but in any case I found myself wondering there moments ago a motif so ask yourself I I (laughs) it's the ask yourself section of the podcast where I Dara ask you the listener to turn the spotlight on yourself for a moment and you know have a have a little exercise in in self-interrogation self-examination and just just dig a little bit deeper you know just just cut the engine there for a second lads and uh, you know switch off the lights and just go go in go into yourself you know and you know the question i have for you now lads listen carefully what are if any and I, I, I'm sure there will be. What are the motifs of you? Jesus, huh? Huh? Jesus, that's a question now, isn't it? What are the motifs of you? What are your motifs? The motifs of your life? So if you cast your mind back, because it's hard to cast it forward, lads, if you know what I mean. You know, the future hasn't happened yet. If you cast your mind back, what are the recurring themes of your life what are the what are the recurring motifs 
what can you say you found yourself coming back to again and again? What have you found yourself expressing again and again? What have you found yourself being attracted to again and again? What has remained in your orbit over time? What has stayed ever present? Um, because that's that's like that's that that is an interesting thought exercise, an interesting bit of gentle. Um, <laughs> I was about to use a very unfortunate phrase there. I was about to go a little bit of gentle self stimulation, uh, and that makes me think of my steaming knob. And I did say my steaming knob, <laughs> my steaming knob, not my steaming knob. Uh, my ste- <laughs> sorry, I apologize. I apologize. The coffee machine. I think I've I think I've had a whinge about this before. I believe I have. Um, if not here, I've certainly had it off mic. But my steaming knob is broken on the coffee machine, and it's been you know it hasn't been working well for quite some time. The, and in fact, to call it the steaming knob is, it, it, it's an unfortunate expression, but there you go. The knob actually fell away, broke off. Um, it got perished by all the steam underneath the knob and the knob broke. So for several months, I've been using a pair of pliers to turn, to turn the little bolt that, you know, that lived, that lives under the knob and I turned the bolt and then that releases the steam. But in recent weeks, even the turning of the bolt started to misbehave and I couldn't quite lock the bolt off. So the coffee machine was leaking water. Very frustrating. And then two days ago, I, in my efforts to tighten that bolt and really lock it off, I just snapped through the end point and the bolt now just does a full 360 forever. And trying to find the spot where the bolt actually turns off the steam is um, almost impossible. And so when you turn on the coffee machine and try to make yourself a coffee, the steamer is just um, you know pushing out ferocious amounts of either steam or water to the point where you can't get your coffee because the machine thinks it's in a different mode. Anyway, my steaming knob, maybe that's a motif. That's a motif that I've returned to uh, in my life. <laughs> I apologise. It's absolutely juvenile. And, you know, just, just, you know, just let it go. Just pretend. Just pretend you didn't hear it. Okay? Um, I noticed looking at potential new coffee machines online today that a favoured term is, instead of steaming knob, a steaming wand which, in my opinion, isn't that much better. She looked at my steaming wand and wondered what I was going to do with it. And I said, rather seductively, I'm going to make you the best latte you've ever had. (laughs) Steaming wand? Is that any better, really? Oh, my God. Anyway, so, okay, motifs, motifs, motifs motif motif i need motif because i don't have enough teeth all my teeth fell out so i need motif 
Um, yes. I mean, you know, joking aside, let's get away from all this silly innuendo. Do you think there are motifs that you've returned to again and again? Because it's, it's interesting to me. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine last week and, um, you know, this is in the context of these rehearsals I've just started and we're doing, you know, bringing a bit of autobiograph- autobiographical content into the space just to explore the themes um, that are the, the, the focus of this piece of work. Um, and it's all it's all about masculinity. It's all about expressions, iterations of masculinity. Um, and I, yeah, I shared some personal stuff, um, you know, in, in the context of, a, of, of an exercise we were doing in rehearsal. And afterwards, my friend, um, who you know, was one of the, you know, one of the directors of the piece, he was like, he said, you know, that he recognized like what I, what I said, what I shared last week in rehearsals. He said, well, I recognized the stuff you spoke about from 20 years ago when we, when we worked together, you were already on that path. You were already bringing that perspective to things um, 20 years ago. And it was funny to hear somebody say it. And so I had to sort of go, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, 20 years ago, doesn't time, doesn't time fly? Um, but motifs for me, then I, I, you know, I was reflecting on that and I was thinking, okay, so I've had certain motifs that I've kept returning to over the years and I mean I'm trying you know right now I'm just trying to kind of pull them out of the you know the 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 wet trough of my brain and go what like what are those themes what have I come back to again and again I mean the first word I think of is is discipline or or self-discipline self-control um you know routine particularly like a healthy routine um and i suppose an attempt to conduct myself a certain way um and i mean again i i I hate you know i'd hate to fall into anything self-aggrandizing because i just i'm not interested in that but i'm trying to just be kind of honest about it and look at it and i think and I mean, I don't really use this word. I don't use this phrase. But there is a part of, you know, there's a part of my, um, my sort of, my makeup, my, my, my inclination personality-wise, how I place myself into the world, um, how I relate to other people, particularly people I care about. And this is not disconnected from martial arts um, because... I do, and again, I'm just going to say this very clearly. This is not a phrase I typically use. It's not something I feel I've heard myself saying to other people. But it's like I've internalized a sort of, I mean, I'm hesitating to say it, but it's like I've internalized an an honor code, um, a code or an ethos of, 
of being honorable, which is maybe not the same as an honor code. Like an honor code has other implications, I think, in the world of sociology or anthropology, where an honor code is about payback, about retribution, um, about something that um, secures one's honor, that secures the honor of one's name, of one's family. It might involve um, an honor killing um as part as a part of the balancing of scales i'm not talking about that at all i do not <laughs> i don't i don't really think i value that as a as a, a system it's a little bit too biblical um and yeah i'm just and, and it's a bit too rigid uh, i mean and this is this is you know this is you get into a slippery slope you know you get onto a slippery slope um when you're talking about a rigid un unbreakable unyielding unbending code uh, i mean last week i asked I, I spent about five minutes waffling to no end about wisdom and trying to kind of go what is wisdom and my brain just failed me drastically in that moment and i just couldn't come up with anything that satisfied me um uh, it was uh it was it, it, yeah i'm sure it made for dreadful <laughs> a dreadful five minutes it may as well have been dead air uh, but in any case just thinking about it now i think if you have a code that you live by if you have an ethos and a personal one a personal ethos that you live by i think wisdom is knowing when to allow that ethos to to bend to yield to absorb to accommodate um because otherwise it's you know there's there's no give there's no there's no there's no movement there's no exchange if your your personal code is a is a, is a dogma just like it's you know it becomes like a sword that just cuts through and everything in its path and i think wisdom comes into how and when you use your code like using your code wisely using your code judiciously and i think for me personally i've tried to conduct myself in in most areas of my life with this kind of conscientiousness i suppose i mean it makes me sound very prissy and prim <laughs> oh i believe this is the right response here um no it's it's not meant to be that and it, like as i say it's personal it's like it's not it's not for me to kind of go check out my code yo um it's very internal i mean and very it's very subjective and i mean in a way you know it veers into a place of faith it veers into a place of uh maybe you know pseudo religiosity i don't know it's and that I think those areas, like any, you know, anything to do with your faith, your spiritual beliefs, your religious beliefs, uh, how you commune with the uh, you know a, a higher power, if that's what you believe, I think it's deeply personal and no no one's business but your own. Um, you know that's a and that, that's another discussion um, which which may or may not I may or may not uh, expand on today. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's a guide isn't it that like that's how i think about it it's these are like internal internal touchstones and maybe they are internal motifs 
something you return to to just kind of check in with yourself and go do i still have faith in this idea is this idea still serving me is it still allowing me to conduct myself in a way that is healthy that is fruitful that is unharmful to others that invites uh, invites good things into my life that creates the possibility of of opportunities um that creates the possibility of of sort of personal growth or personal enrichment not in a material sense uh, although that would be nice that's uh, patreon.com forward slash the clear out um <laughs> but i don't know there's um i don't know i don't know i don't know it's um as I say, the for me there are. And I mean, I said that the influence of martial arts. I mean, one of the things probably that attracted me to martial arts was that it was already in my kind of personality a certain um, a certain attraction to a kind of a an ascetic life, a certain attraction to the the kind of the individual path, which I think is probably it's probably a safety response. It's a probably a response to a certain, you know, to, to a feeling of a lack of control in my youth uh, and in my adolescence particularly and if, if the, the sense of not enough safety in my adolescence and certain chaotic or volatile or destructive elements in my family life uh, as an adolescent. And I think that pushed me towards this idea of wanting to be self-sufficient, wanting to be self-protecting, um, and that's that's massively connected to martial arts and massively connected to why I wanted to do um, any martial art, really. And it just so happened the first one I tried, I really loved and clicked with straight away, which was karate. And again, specifically Shotokan karate. And there was something, you know, there was something about the very clean lines of Shotokan, the very kind of linear, unambiguous um, geometry of Shotokan that that yeah that 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 just appealed to me and felt natural it felt honest um clean um and I think it, yeah it's it, it just it just seems like sometimes I go yeah of course of course I went there of course I went to that place um and I've tried to be that way in my in my life in my dealings with other people in my relationships um and i suppose that has been then i mean you know if 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 that's if 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 there's any motif it's been that that attempt to be um to be a kind of a straight shooter <laughs> to, you know to be a plain dealer and to not to try to you know to not play games with people now don't get me wrong i'm a messer and if you know me well there's going to be messing and silliness and jokes and wind-ups um but that won't be my starting point um i mean that it took me a while to get to that place but that's also a safety mechanism and a coping mechanism you know that's that, that's a classic i mean so many um you know so many people in their youths embrace the excuse me the archetype of the clown the comedian to deflect and to disarm 
Um, I still have a lot of that in me. Um, it doesn't necessarily come across um, in comedic ways. <laughs> You're one of the least funny people I've ever met. You're about as funny as a kick in the groin. Uh, well, depending on the circumstances, that could be hilarious. Um, but yes, so yeah, motif. Um, I don't know. I mean, I again, I haven't, I, I haven't thought it, thought it through uh, in any great kind of detail, any forensic sort of level of detail. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a nice little thing. It's a nice little thing to come back to, um, like even the kind of the concepts that you return to um are they motifs um so anyway that's one i'm gonna leave you with that one i'm gonna leave you i'm not i'm not gonna go any further on that particular theme that particular note um but let you have a little ponder um you know because it's i i i think that could that could reveal a lot and it could re- <laughs> it could also be disappointing to find oh I'm still crapping on about the same things I was crapping on about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. There has been no movement. There has been no evolution. But again, if you take that back to martial arts, you know, in martial arts, there's endless repetition, endless repetition. And so what's the difference between a single technique as performed or delivered by someone who's brand new to a martial art and the very same technique as delivered by someone who's been practicing for a lifetime. Um, there should be, there should be a world of difference. And that's, that's the, the evolution is within. The evolution is inside the technique. It's the effortlessness of the technique. It's the effortlessness of um, accessing power. It's, the the deceptive artlessness of that and i mean that's often the 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 hallmark of a master of their discipline um, we don't say mistress do we in in that sense so like a female you know a female who's has reached the top of her thing whatever it might be that's she's also a master isn't she yeah maestro uh I'm immediately thinking of that Kate Blanchett film Tar that I want to see because of course she's meant to be a, an, a, you know, a maestro conductor in that. Um, yes. Okay. Anyway, moving moving away from that and quickly going down a few steps to the relative of motif, which is light motif. Now, that's light motif spelt L E I T. M-O-T-I-F, uh, as opposed to the opposite of a heavy motif. Um, so light motif. What is a light motif, my friends? My friend. Or is, is there anyone listening who is actually a friend of mine? I believe, I believe there is. I believe I'm pretty confident two, if not three, listeners to this episode are actual real life friends of mine. Isn't that nice? So friends. And you know who you are. <laughs> what is a light motif? A light motif comes from the world of classical music. It comes, I think, it's, it's, it's usually connected to the works of Wagner. He of 
Ride of the Valkyries fame. That's Wagner, isn't it? And the uh, the Ring. Is it the Ring Cycle? Is that what it translates as in English? But in any case, a light motif is simply a musical phrase that is um, associated with a particular character in, uh, you know, in, in in Wagner's case, like in an opera or a piece of classical music. And that idea then of a musical theme attached to a certain character, that's been fully incorporated into the world of movies for years and years and years. And so if you just think for a millisecond and go, the James Bond theme, I mean, that's a leitmotif, isn't it? Um, if you think of the the John Williams piano theme for Jaws, um, that's a leitmotif. And fundamentally, like any movie you're watching, and, and I mean, maybe this is maybe this will be more common in um, you know the worlds of you know maybe fantasy or franchise movies where characters come again and again and again and again, and so just a few bars of something you know instantly puts that character in mind um very very cleverly when james bond was relaunched or rebooted with daniel craig in his first appearance his first outing as bond uh in casino royale um the who's whosever decision it was the directors or who whoever's it was it was very clever to they didn't give us the full James Bond theme until the very end of the movie because in that Casino Royale we're looking at Bond uh, as a as a sort of a, an agent who hasn't sort of found his feet yet who's still learning the ropes um, and is out on his own and it's not it wasn't until the end of the film that they gave us the full blast of that very very memorable um, James Bond theme now why do I think why do I think it was an Irish musician who played on that score originally i might be wrong maybe misremembered that i thought one of the big kind of horn players um not a euphemism um was involved in the original james bond theme when it first came out which was it used in dr no first which is the first james bond movie or did it come later i don't know anyway um yes so a light motif bond jaws darth vader for example would have his theme um yeah who else i don't know i can't think off the top of my head but you get the idea you get the idea uh maybe it associates certain music with the likes of laurel and hardy for example um and what i stumbled across earlier um and this is really spooky and very sinister I mean, of course, horror themes, you know, they'd come into the mix as well. But in Fritz Lang's M uh, from, gosh, I, I want to say 1931. I don't know if that's right. That is a very scary, unsettling and brilliant movie. I don't know if it falls into the, the German expressionist uh, film thing. Um, it sort of it sort of anticipates noir, very shadowy, dark movie with this brilliant central performance by Peter Lorre, he of um, Casablanca fame, um, sort of you know bug-eyed, short-statured, but very funny, um, very 
always kind of eye-catching character actor who populated many many Hollywood movies in the kind of the classic age of Hollywood but in any case Peter Laurie in M is a child killer and there's loads of great sort of setups by Fritz Lang that show Laurie in pursuit are happening across happening upon his prey often maybe it's the reflection of a child in a in a shop window that he's staring into um for example um but his late light motif is uh from Peer Gint from Grieg's Peer Gint and he he whistles the theme of the is it the, the the hall of the mountain king is that what it is um i'm just gonna i'm gonna try and whistle into the mic without you know making a, a distorted sound but that theme if you're not familiar with it is i'm whistling really badly that this is embarrassing hold on i'm just gonna see if i'll just try and get that going better yeah, it's. Um, I'm trying again. That's. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Is that it? That's it, isn't it? I'm sure it's it. Um, I've got this. Um, what they call the pop guard over the the microphone. I think that's not helping me. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, used to great effect in Fritz Lang's M. So my question was, and funnily enough. I did know a guy who could have helped us with this. I worked oof, a long time ago, 18 years ago. I did a, I did a musical, a big stage musical in Dublin. And one of the actors in the, in the show, very nice guy, Tony, I think his name was. <laughs> Hi, Tony. But one of his little party pieces, he'd sit down at the piano and he'd just be noodling away. And he'd just come up with, with, uh, yeah musical themes for each member of the cast it was very funny and sometimes they're just thinking what is in this guy's head because I'm not making any connection with the the actor or actress um, for whom he'd composed these light motifs um, but it was it was very funny nonetheless and he wasn't doing it necessarily for comic effect but um, again my question to you what would your leitmotif be what section of the orchestra would best serve your character your personality would it be strings would it be wind instruments would it be percussion would it be the horn the brass section the horn section um (laughs) that's it i mean that's that's again another funny little exercise what's your uh What's your own personal sound? Your own, you know, what what tune, what what musical phrase do you think it would be? Do you think you'd be in a a minor, a minor chord or a major chord? Something a little bit dour and melancholic, or something bright, <laughs> something bright and chirpy, something powerful, something. Um, martial, perhaps, military, something agricultural, something comical. It wouldn't be the um, 
the classic descending trumpet for the the disappointed clown maybe maybe would it be the the the, the car horn <laughs> I mean they aren't they're, they're particularly inauspicious but um, but yeah anyway motifs light motifs I don't know I don't know it's uh, maybe I'll have to do maybe I'll have to do a a series if I ever learn how to play a musical instrument I can I can improvise there and show you my own my own thoughts in that area um, anyway yeah I think um, I think that might be enough I think that might be enough for today I um, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure where I was going today but motif the idea of a motif seemed to have given me the uh, the main meat of today's episode and gave me an opportunity to reflect on my own my own kind of credo my own personal ethos um and while i've been sitting here recording i've i just got the last of the the afternoon sun it was shining blindingly uh straight on me for the first half of the episode um but it's 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 gone it's gone low in the the sky now and dipped below the below what I can see, and it's amazing the 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 palpable drop in temperature. Um, well, it is it is mid January after all, so um, so be it. Uh, do you know what I watched last night? And there's an exercise to think of the motifs in that movie and this was on netflix and i went back and i watched a movie that was kind of in the back of my mind or on my list to check out at some point and i just happened across happened across it on netflix and oh cool i'll watch this and it was paolo sonentino's la grande bellezza uh, the great beauty from 2013 and it focuses on uh, a very famous journalist in Rome who has just had his 65th birthday. Now, the two films, it immediately, immediately brings to mind. When you talk about fame, you talk about a journalist, and you talk about Rome, it's impossible not to immediately have drop in your mind La Dolce Vita um, and Eight and a Half. So uh, those two Italian classics, um, the Dolce Vita, this kind of isn't isn't that where we got the word paparazzo and paparazzi? Because in paparazzo, the character in the Dolce Vita, who's spinning or you know following celebrities and beautiful people around Rome on his little bike taking photos, that's got the famous Anita Ekberg sequence in the the, the fountain in Rome and. Marcello, 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 Marcello Mastroianni in that. And then much later we get eight and a half Fellini's extraordinary um, autobiographical reverie and reflection on his, his life, his childhood, his influences. Um, and, and that's, you know, I don't know what year eight and a half came out. But of course, what, what we're seeing at the moment in the movies is movies that were sort of conceived or scripted or given birth to 
Um, during the pandemic, when a lot of people, I think all around the world, anyone who was in lockdown, there was a lot of time for introspection, introspection and reflection. Uh, and I think a lot of that introspection and reflection was tinged with a sense of mortality, a sense of helplessness, a sense of just being something cast adrift on the ocean of life without the, the means to to control that vast body of water, that vast body of, of of fate in this case and what the you know the pandemic was doing to everyone. And so we've got um uh I, I referred to it earlier, you've got a movie like Spielberg's Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, which is the story of his life, his childhood and his you know his relationship to to himself to to and his relationship to cinema and what the you know the making of movies meant to him um but it's all based on his family his growing up um and there's another one i think it's by james gray which is is called armageddon time which is meant to be very very good as well um these guys yeah kind of directors who have been around um and creating these great sort of masterworks of of reflection of autobiographical immersion um and so the the great beauty is it's kind of in that mode without it being particularly autobiographical uh, in terms of what sorrentino is putting into it but it is in terms of the you know, the fiction of the story it's, it's a man reflecting on his life it's a beautiful film to look at it's I mean, it's enormously Italian. It looks like a extended Dolce & Gabbana photo shoot full of sort of... Uh, <laughs> full of kind of beautiful ugliness. You know, this kind of, you know, gaudy, ostentatious, wealthy people um, being unashamedly indulgent. Uh, and the camera sometimes in in very obvious ways is poking fun at them and mocking them sometimes looking at them from a more uh anthropological point of view the the non-involved observer and then we're invited to look at everything in a way through his eyes because he's a very wry sardonic um cynical sort of character and yet in a way that's the the point of the movie i feel it's it's this exploration, uh, you know, he, the character, is exploring his own sort of bittersweet realisation of becoming older. Um, and he's, in spite of the cynicism and his a certain amount of jadedness, um, there's a real warmth in his, in his sense of humour. There's a real warmth in him as a person. And he's, you know, he's clearly gregarious and clearly enjoys the company of his friends, even though he can skewer them uh, when provoked. Um, and the movie's interspersed um, with his, you know, with certain specific memories from his youth, uh, particularly the memory of a, a beautiful young girlfriend when he was only 18 um, some really and you know some really beautifully shot sequences but but otherwise it's mostly him just kind of walking the streets and uh houses of rome often at night um but it is the whole movie is suffused with with humor 
with um, a sort of a, a mocking knowingness of human frailty uh, and yet beautifully beautifully shot so it's such a such a lovely film to to look at and enjoy and it's a great um a, a great sort of affirmation of human relating there's just lots of these lovely kind of vignettes of human sort of socialization and the, the central character played by uh, tony servio is the actor's name um there's a lovely creased expressive sort of laughing face but also quite handsome in moments um, and very stylish um again just kind of the italian cut but um so that was nice that was really nice um so yeah so there you go and i mean motifs i don't know what, what the motif is a man alone um a man set apart a man observing a man as you know you know negotiating himself um and remaining attached to others uh yeah and i suppose the motif is the the the, the tension between exteriority and interiority the extent the, the the tension between the the external the externally lived life and the ongoing internal negotiations and realizations um and even internal kind of denouements i suppose coming to the you know the peak of a precipice of self-understanding um so there you go i don't know that's maybe yeah so that's that that might be something you could check out that's um you know it's 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 two hours and 20 minutes maybe the great beauty so um don't watch it if you're tired and go in and you can kind of just let it wash over you and let the images and the there's nice kind of music in it and yeah lots of it's a very kind of beautifully color saturated movie very vivid and vibrant um yeah so there you go the great beauty um do go and give it a watch lads go and give it a watch bit of culture you know it's an italian movie subtitles and everything so you know, do your do your reading get your spectacles out for the subtitles if you need them okay that's it i'm gonna leave it there thanks so much thanks for listening so nice of you friends those three friends i referred to earlier i'm sure i know you're listening maybe not like right away it might be a week or two but thank you and um yeah thanks to all the non-listeners so many of you not listening um it's, it's what's that song is it, is it from is it from vincent they do not listen they do not know how perhaps they'll listen now perhaps we won't the masses shouted back <laughs> anyway um for those of you that did listen great thank you very much and returning listeners just brilliant i really appreciate your support as always you can find me across social media um the clear out podcast just pops up there on um youtube and instagram and facebook twitter is the clear out two that's the number two the digit two and if you want to email for any reason it's the clear out live at gmail.com and if you feel like throwing some money at this independent creative enterprise 
you can do so using the supporter link, which should be there somewhere where you're listening. Or as mentioned earlier in the show, as part of a bit of a bit of a joke, a bit of a humorous diversion, uh, patreon.com forward slash the clear out. And otherwise, yeah, subscribe, like, share, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Spread the love. Let me know you're enjoying it. That would mean a lot to me. Um, let others know as well. That would be great as well. Let's build build this together let's build this together so i alone can benefit (laughs) okay take it easy talk to you soon mind yourselves all the best bye